I'm reviewing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the FilmReview.com podcast. Uh, I'm your host, FilmReview.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, it's Spectre, clearly. can't believe you shushed me. Uh, well, dude, the I know. show's coming on. You're babbling about Angelina Jolie <laughs> and how much you hate her. What am I going right. to do with that? I thought uh, you'd get in on it. I, I'm on board anyway, with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to let the credits roll. I understand. Exactly. I right. uh, and we do have a lot of news. We have some, we have a, we've gotten some emails. We have one that we're going to kind of reference but the other one is yeah. uh we have a critic takedown this week oh. and it's been a while and it's not that we haven't had some suggestions uh for yeah. the ones to do it's been more that there hasn't been really time to look at them right um it's been kind of busy it's going to continue to be kind of busy <laughs> getting busier uh as it gets closer to the end of the year and awards and all that. Um, so I figured we better do one now and we got a, a good suggestion. And uh, if you send them in and we don't do it, we should say this, right. keep sending in your thoughts and suggestions for critic takedowns. If we don't do it, it does not, you know, reflect negatively on your suggestion in any way. Right. Yeah. It just might be that, uh, you know, we, get a jillion of them and we decide that some of them kind of don't work out. Right. The biggest thing is, uh, is when I guess we just don't disagree with the person enough. Yeah. That's uh, a and, big part. And they, they, they could be completely wrong. Right. <laughs> right. But, but there's just something about the way in which we disagree with them yeah. that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't kind of jive to really like we have to take them to task right. for their review or right. something like that. Like, um, you know, and especially sometimes it's like we give a movie a three and the other person gives a movie a seven. Right. And I don't really have any problem with how they got there. Yeah. Now it could, it could go the other way too, in a, in a different version i guess like we could give something a four they could give it a six and we could go no you're completely wrong and right you yeah. suck and yeah. we have to tell people so it just it's it's really more about the review they write than even how much they disagree with us or right. whatever it you know the thing for me is really about what they're saying about the movie if they're actually saying anything about the movie or right. you know whatever how, how they're getting their reviews so and, and but, if they saw the same movie we we did, uh, right. you know, sometimes they'll just not, I don't know what they're watching. Right. Right. And, uh, but I did want to throw that out for, uh, people who send us in because yeah. keep sending them in. Right. Uh, but then, you know, we don't, we're not going to cover them all, but don't let that dissuade you from, you know, finding another one to send it. Or I can't uh, wait yeah. till we get to the audio critic takedown where we actually call somebody up and we're like, look, <laughs> we'll be like David Letterman, you right. know, like just a re yeah. in the, in the eighties and nineties, <laughs> he used to just call people all right. the time. He'd just pull out the phone I love and start dialing. I yeah, love we'll, do that. we'll do that. We'll, we'll, you must we'll, have, we'll call up the village you know, voice offices. Yeah. You must have yeah. Roper's home number. That's I mean, right. we could certainly dial him on a Sunday for any reason, exactly. but specifically to call him to task. Sure. Because, you know, he loves Angelina Jolie. Uh, so we do have news. Um, and then Spectre, we did mention that we might do a couple of things. And uh, it's really just going to be Spectre uh, right. this week, just so uh, people know what they're in store for. 
But uh, as we've said, as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, it's going to start being like two and three movies probably per show. And it looks like from our witty banter before the show started that next week, (laughs) next week we might be just doing kind of a uh, quick look at a lot of movies that we didn't hit during the year. We We normally only do one movie a week. So obviously there's lots of stuff that's gone by. And uh, so we might cover next week because we're not absolutely uh, interested in seeing by the sea and letting everyone know, although, you know, we'll have to see that too. Right. (laughs) Right. But it looks weird. I'm going to see that under protest. Uh, So it might be that next week we just do, you know, who knows, like five or six movies that we just kind of hit stuff that's a little older and catch up I love summer and Oscar time because we get to see so many and talk. I mean, sometimes we'll hit three and we'll spend more time on one, but we'll cover a bunch. And uh, speaking of that, I'm just going to throw out really quickly. I'm not even going to give like a rating or anything, but uh, I I finally got to catch up on Mistress America, the uh, Noah Baumbach, uh, Greta Gerwig movie that came out a little while ago, it was, it was, uh, not, not not too ages, long ago, but it was really cool. But no, but no rating. <laughs> I, I liked. It. I'm not. I'm not going to give the rating. It is a movie, huh. though, that I think it's one of those movies, especially because it's both uh, Noah Baumbach. If you know, if you're a fan of his movies, and it's Greta Gerwig. If you're a fan of her, if you're a fan of their relationship, whatever, right, right. <laughs> whatever it might be, <laughs> all of that. Uh, if you think you might like this movie, you're going to like it. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun. It's I didn't quite like it as much as Francis Ha, which is you lost. Awesome. Yeah, the, but, it's hard. I would have been stunned. If but you liked uh, it more. but it's it's fun. And uh, God, I just wish she would be in more stuff. Yeah, uh, she's really cool. Anyway, so um, on to news. So we got we have news and then we actually got an email about news. Um, and it's the uh, <laughs> uh, and it's the same news. Right. So that's weird. Yeah. Uh, the Warcraft trailer finally hit, and then almost as soon as it did, we got an email asking like what we thought of the trailer, right. the movie. The I mean, it was kind of long <laughs> uh, email actually, and uh, you know the trailer is. Uh, you seen the trailer? I actually haven't yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so you have no opinion. I have absolutely none, <laughs> and and I never was into Warcraft. Warcraft. Anyway. So yeah, you I'm know, actually going to be an interesting. The thing kind for of... me is that Warcraft is an odd movie from the get-go. I think it's a. I think it's an odd title to be out of. Yeah. Um, even even just among the you know Blizzard Entertainment all the titles, uh, and... titles you, you know, I would have thought Starcraft is like a cooler right. movie, right? Right. <laughs> you've got you've got three factions. And, you know, just like space, conquest, whatever, yeah. flying to an alien world or something. You could like rope a lot more yeah. story parts into that because, you know, there isn't really a lot of story to any of them. Right. I mean, there's like, this is our excuse for why you have to do this. Yeah. And then here's your mission or whatever. And, you know, Warcraft, especially if you really go back, I mean, the newest Warcraft titles. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. And then you've got, you know, World of Warcraft. Right. Now you've got a whole shebang. Yeah. Right. Now you've got all sorts of story and all this stuff. Yeah. 
which doesn't necessarily seem to relate to the movie (laughs) in any way. But uh, if you look at the trailer, the thing I think is weird about the trailer is that if you look at the trailer, it's almost like what I'm saying, what I say about Batman all the time, you know, it's really just a movie about orcs. Right. Right. And there are orcs and humans and, make a movie yeah it doesn't need to be warcraft really right you might i guess maybe there are characters that are the same or yeah whatever (laughs) but for me the the trailer looks a little goofy uh the trailer looks a little um like 80s fantasy movie yeah but like not in a not in a good way (laughs) (laughs) you know like i don't know anyway not that nostalgic uh, fondness for the ones that we do have but the ones that right tried so hard to forget right not like uh you know i don't know the dragons of the yeah of the 80s or right. like willow or yeah you know that kind of stuff i don't know it just it looks weird and it doesn't look like the story almost looks like it's it's really so simplistic that you're just kind of walking along with a movie just to see the new paint job because we like now we want to see that with orcs yeah and oddly enough for me i thought it was a little weird is that uh in the trailer you, you don't really see magic happening right. or any kind of and you expect that because stuff and obviously depressing. you know i don't know anyway so uh warcraft trailer is out go check that out oh i can't wait because, to rush and see it because now you need to uh in other news uh gunner hansen who yeah. uh shares a name with my son totally accidentally not like i named him after him or anything like that but yeah. uh the you know bad, that would have been awesome the bad had. guy in the texas chainsaw massacre movies yeah. died right and so there's that that just happened and <laughs> yeah you know. and he actually doesn't live and work that far from the studio here like he's pretty right. close and, and and he he you know even though that's a long time ago, yeah. I mean, he still was. He was. Uh, he, he was. He was a big thing. He embraced so, that role I mean, of Leatherface. Yeah. He went to cons. He, he was like to a, festivals. All he was sorts always of conventions. There. Right. And just this monstrous guy um, who could be, and you always picture him, you know, with right. a Leatherface and a chainsaw and stuff. He was the sweetest guy. Right. And bent over backwards to help everybody he could, and he just loved. He embra- It was weird. He embraced that role so much, like it kind of gave him a career and kind of was only like the start of his career right in a weird way but but it, it was also kind of cool because uh it was such a thing yeah that he could like you know just forever go to conventions right. yeah uh, or sure openings of other horror things or whatever like yeah. he just could forever do that and so he could kind of have this ability to get like a paycheck right without having to do much right so uh, yeah. which he seemed actually to fully enjoy yeah that he yeah, could just he really, be i'm in it for this and then some people when uh, they're really in something right. successful and they do these conventions you just you get the sense they just they loathe you right like they have contempt for their success and they're here because now they can't get anything else right gunner was and not he, like he that he was the exact he was absolutely, opposite of absolutely he, he was there. he yeah. was really like how cool is this that i can do this yeah right i mean like yeah and know. never got tired of talking about a movie that he's been talking about for right. decades right you know so all right uh so uh so that's sad news that um, is sad. and uh so moving on uh girl with the dragon tattoo is uh finally kind of making some steps yeah. uh toward a sequel uh no fincher though 
Yeah, that. So yeah. you know, I don't know. It, some people will care about that. Some people won't. I guess. Uh, in similar news, Jurassic World is uh, now officially going to be a full trilogy. Yep. And uh, we knew the sequel was coming. Right. But uh, now there's going to be a third one. There's apparently like an idea mm-hmm. <laughs> of, yeah. of what will happen, I guess, uh, yeah. so that so that we uh, we could safely say that there's a connectable, right. workable story that someone has convinced someone that they can make a full movie out of it and yeah. rake in a bunch of cash. And uh, let's see. So then also now this is, uh, I think, pretty interesting news. Uh, you know, the Dark Materials trilogy uh, with the Golden Compass. Golden Compass movie did not do well at all. Right. But, you know, I thought not that horrible. I mean, I, I thought it was like an okay movie, especially for, you know, a young adult book audience. Yeah. As opposed to maybe really crossing over into an adult audience or, or everybody loving it. It was, it. It was but, uh, it, you know, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, uh, you liked I, it better than I, I did. I, I didn't, I didn't really think that it was like awful, but anyway, um, it was, it was not as good as it ought to have been. Right. Uh, because it's a pretty good book and yeah. they're, they're all pretty good books yeah. and, uh, you know, should have been better. But anyway, uh, BBC is turning the trilogy into a TV show. Right. Which could be very cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that could really be an interesting place for that to go. And the thing that's weird about it is that uh, there's no definitive answer, as far as I know, anyway, on what the show is exactly going to cover. Yeah, right. Is it just going to be a show that just like runs through the three books? Right. Or is it just going to be kind of like in this that universe right. and yeah, some knows? other thing? So I... As far as I know, anyway, that is not a part of the thing that has been nailed down in the announcement that they're making the TV show. So yeah. that could be very, very interesting, especially with all the cool stuff uh, along those lines that BBC has been doing lately. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's cool. It's cool to see a lot of places that you wouldn't normally think of things happening, like stars or not HBO now, because they've been doing it forever. But right. Places and entity, see kicking, doing weird things bit, and stars you know, yeah. and Netflix doing right. things. You know, it's just really interesting because now it's just for a while I used to think there are too many outlets. There's just there's too many right. stations, there's too many companies. And now I'm kinda like, well that's that's because now they right. can all kind of get a handle on things and try and and it's just an ocean of stuff out there. It it is weird to think, uh, for me anyway, it's weird to see these shows where you think there are too many places. There are too many places making shows for everybody to make money. Right. Right. And now they're all making stuff with bigger budgets. Yeah. How can that be? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, like wait, they're borrowing on something. Yeah. Right. That's gone the other direction. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a little I'm, weird. I'm a little excited it about makes that. For, makes for some really great TV. Right. Makes for some really, really suck yeah. TV. You, you really know, hope the, that the cream the rises. Thing that, the thing that's just bizarre about it is that, and actually this this kind of relates to uh, another news item we've got coming up, but it seems really weird that the big networks, like the big four, mm-hmm. they do not seem like they are putting out more and more stuff with bigger and bigger budgets. Right. That are really... Yeah, like, they're not like they're just so scared yeah. that they're going to cancel something right. after three episodes yeah. or they want to be able to cancel something. 
You know, you can't put that much money in something and then cancel it. Right. So it's like they don't. Yeah. But stars. Right. <laughs> or yeah, whoever. Any of them. Will, you know, dump tons of money in it and yep. renew it before it even airs. Right. For a second right. season. And yeah. you're like, what's got something's wrong yeah. in the whole calculation that's going on. Anyway, so the, the related news is obviously now this is like going back almost to the beginning of the week. Uh, is new Star Trek TV show. Yeah. Which is going to be very weird. Right. Because uh, the apparently the pilot is going to air on CBS. Yeah. The whole rest of the show only available on CBS Online or CBS Now. If you have like the app on your whatever yeah. you might have right. an app on, you can only watch it on there. It's not going to air on CBS. And apparently like a pretty seriously budgeted uh big time thing right and yet they're not going to put it on cbs uh, yeah so it's almost like they're oddly proving my point <laughs> that they won't do that and make it and have it be on cbs yeah because i guess what if they have to cancel it right or they're not getting high enough ratings but if it's just on the app it's like being on netflix you know right. they keep netflix keeps making big shows right they can't cancel anything it so, it's like they just put the whole show out I thought of, at the uh, beginning and there's no such thing as canceling i thought of this last night briefly i'm looking just vaguely through what's on tv at eight o'clock at night and nbc cbs and abc all ran the same thing though different versions it was college football right there was no a saturday night there's nobody they they know no one's gonna well, stay home and watch right saturday, saturday is just the dead zone right so, but I'm thinking, you know, how long is it going to be before original content is only streaming and just their sports deals? Right. Or, I mean, you're going to basically be watching or, or like, uh, uh lacrosse, every, noon, everything you know. on the TV will just be like syndicated shows right. of right. whatever. Who it's, knows? It's really I, I weird to watch this transition. It is, you know, cause and, and growing up where there were just, you know, I guess there were four channels if you count you know, PBS, but they were big three. Right. Till Fox showed up. And then now there's just zillions. Right. I mean, there's a channel for like basket weaving. Right. And it's got 24 hour programming. It, you know, it's, it's, just it's really funny too. If you, if you really, you know, young people are screwed for having a point of reference. Right. right. But it is really funny if you're into TV and you go back and look, even, you know, when we were not all that young, right. But when we were young, pretty young yeah and watching tv and it really was like just the three networks and all the money they made mm -hmm. and you know it's just weird to think like nothing that that comes on tv again will ever beat growing pains right and it was third right in, yeah. in its time slot yeah and it had like you know 25 million what I mean, I don't know what it Who knows, but, but it was it, but it was it, it was, was large, big, yeah. And compared to anything that anyone could ever hope to get now, right? Nothing will ever do it. And you think that was like the dumb. I mean, not right. that it was bad show because I used to watch it, right? right? Because it was goofy and silly, right? But I mean, it's just the dumbest, you know, yeah. disposable, completely you know. disposable. Yeah. You know, you have four writers who are all right. drunk yeah. and no one cares and. <laughs> Just yeah. like whip some crap out and throw right. out a TV show and, you know, it, and nothing will ever beat it. Right. Uh, uh, excuse me. Anyway, 
But so Star Trek, that's going to be, I think, a really interesting thing to see when that happens yeah. and what happens with it and where that It'd goes. It would be really cool if they have a good angle to bring something new. And, will, and will everyone, yeah. you know, really hit go? on that? Right. And then will all the other networks go, well, great. Now we have to, well, who knows what? Right. I mean, who knows what they have to do? What does yeah. that mean we have to do? Right. I mean, it's bizarre. It's like it's it's so right now like uh, movies and trying to figure out what they're going to do about theaters and right. and distribution models for them and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're just babbling for our own sake. Right. That's fine. Uh, the only other real news was uh, not exactly news, but Alice through the Looking Glass has a new trailer, uh, which yeah. you know people are now. It's like we've we've got gone full circle. That's been around long enough, the backlash. Right. And now it's like people are okay with saying that they like the first movie again. Yeah. And so now that another one comes out, it's okay. Right. It's like if you wait long enough, you can have sure. a sequel sometimes. Right. And it, it, like if this would have came out, you know, only a couple of years after the first one, it would have bombed it done, yeah. terribly because yep. then everyone hated the movie. It's, right. You know, anyway, it's weird. And uh Fantastic Beasts uh yeah. finally released some photos. Right. So Nothing ma- yeah. Just people can there's... look at them. But yeah, the part of the biggest news of the week was all just trailers and yeah. you know, photos and you know, not really <laughs> yeah, not really meaty stuff. Just like, you know, we'll probably be for the rest of the year, actually, because Right. No one wants to talk about anything. We've been saying this for weeks. No one wants to talk about anything except who's going to win what. And right. uh, and the next couple of weeks, historically, is when uh, no one will talk about anything except who's going to win what. Right. And and there there just is no other movie conversation except for who should who's going to get snubbed, who yep. should be this, who should be that. So so uh, there's your news. And uh, as I said, we got a Critics' Choice takedown. But so now Spectre. And right. uh, we're a little late <laughs> oh, yeah. in our, in our kickoff there, but um, you know, Spectre is uh, it's kind of weird because at this point I feel like the James Bond movies need to have like an additional tag to them. It, like what? It's like, like, it's like they're, because that's how, that's how they work. Right. Is like the one word, you know, oh, whatever right, okay. thing it's like Thunderball, Octopussy, you know, yeah. that's, I mean, except for from Russia with love and things right. like that, but, but that's like the big thing is it's just the one word. And I feel like now it's like Spectre, the last, blah, right. blah, 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 you know, it has yeah. to be something because I don't know. Anyway. Um, so jumping out with the ratings before we do anything else. Um, I am really pretty solidly at seven and a half. That's a little lower than what I thought you were going to give it, but not much lower. I actually, and I pegged this, you at- this could have easily been higher for me, yeah. except for many of the stupid things that happen. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, we'll talk about how things happen, but there are a lot of things in here that it, it was almost like trying to go back to other bond movies and yeah. like cheesiness. Yeah. But didn't really get it. Right. <laughs> and so then it went wrong and then it was just stupid. So yeah. a lot of that brought it down, but seven and a half, that's, that's a pretty good. Score I'm not too far from you, it, it, but I feel like we would easily talk about, like, I think you could talk about the negatives and I could talk about the positives and you're at seven and a half and I'm at seven uh-huh. and, and, and there's not going to be much of an ocean of difference there, except 
Um, you know, yeah, when we walked out of seeing this, yeah, I thought you would really, really, I, I mean, not nine or 10, but you know, there's a way to be like an emphatic eight, like, right. man, I, I'm talking like 10, but it's really just an eight. Right. You know? I did. But I did really like it. Though. This one appealed to you, but in, it's still in a way, seven and a half. And this is the first we've talked about it, but you've always been, um, constant in whether it's Batman or Bond or anything like this, which is, it's, you know, they have to have certain things in them. I remember one of the big things that you didn't like about Skyfall was it didn't feel like a James Bond movie. It just had a James Bond character. Right. It, com- it not, and, not only that, but it completely wasn't, and it wasn't on purpose. I disagree and, with this entirely. Well, you, you, have to, you have to call the director then, because yeah. he says... Yeah. <laughs> no, well, he I, says I, it I, wasn't, and it purposely wasn't. Yeah, well, so can, you, you, you have know, to argue with him about I'll, that. I'll argue with him, because I got things to argue with him about this one, too. But it, this one was really interesting. It, it just it almost was like watching something and I, I mean, trying to find like a, a touchstone to replicate how I felt about it. It was kind of like shoots and ladders. Like I felt like I was getting closer to winning the game and then I rolled something wrong and I just fell back three levels, right. you know, like watching right. the movie. This is the same group of people that did Skyfall. And I, and I loved Skyfall. You know, I thought Skyfall was a lot of fun despite it's many and somewhat occasional, somewhat large problems that it had, right. you know, which is the, we don't have to go through it all, but the Hannibal Lecter, like, Oh, you caught me, but I really wanted to be caught because now I can, you know, that right. whole thing was annoying. But, but when we're watching this film, it's like, it's like, it didn't seem the natural progression of stories. And, and Sam Mendes hasn't done them all. He just did the last one, but right. it didn't feel like it was following the direction. It almost was like someone just, picked up the track and rerouted it and was like, we're going to go this way. Right. Because, and, and unfortunately it, it very purposely was. And it, and it certainly that. does. I mean, and it certainly does do that. Whether or not, you know, I've, I've read though. I don't know that it was actually true, but it seems to be true. I've read that, you know, one of the reasons is Daniel Craig wanted it to be a little bit more humorous. Right. You know, and that, that would make sense, you know, and if, and if you Bondy in Bondy, right. right? If you if you take the idea that James Bond is because he listened to our show for Sky <laughs> and he said, you know what? If you go down the <laughs> list of things that maybe make a James Bond film, like like a Family Feud category, I'm sure there's ten. Right. You know, there's cars, there's the women, there's the gadget, there's you know the quips. You know, this one's got them, and, and, and the this, others and did this, not. This one had all of them except. Yeah. Uh, this one massively had all of them. And you know what I think is really awesome about this movie? What? Wait, I need to know what the accept was. You can't cliffhang that. No, the, the accept, the accept is coming. The thing that I think is really awesome about this movie is that really early on when all of a sudden he's like seducing the widow, right? That is really just the movie going, no, we're going back to like Sean Connery, right? days right this is how it's going to be for this movie it's it's just like a road sign yeah that that scene happens because the scene is awful and massively 70s cheesy it's just overproduced too and uh and it's you know that is that's on the category right right, that's that's filling in one of the blanks of the category is that this stuff happens right things like this happen yeah and the only thing uh, that it didn't really hit, I don't think, is that it didn't really do gadgetiness. Sam Mendes is still just really kind of opposed to he gadgetiness. He's very nervous about tricky pens. Because and, it's, yeah. yeah. So it, there's a watch. And it, it's very crucial. 
but it's not exactly gadgety, right? Yeah. It, it's, um, I mean, it, it does something. It doesn't right? call in an airstrike. But it's, but but it's, it's right. not like if you go back, everything else in this movie goes way back yeah. to like Sean Connery or like, you know, Moonraker. Yep. It's got Roger Moore. Where it's, where it's super goofy parts, really like goofy fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. This is, goes really goes except it just goes i don't like gadgets though right, right. <laughs> so it, so it's got you know if you're doing the family feud thing it's right. got like every one of whatever those things yeah. are it's got you know the the, brand, the car got, you know yeah it's still it's like it doesn't quite have the car because right. a lot of the stuff doesn't work or whatever right. you know but it's still there and it's and still actually, and yeah. still happens but there should be like another yeah gadget of right. some sort or one that's a little bit more gadgety or when it gets used that should happen a little better right. because right. when it when it finally gets used that scene is yeah long and drawn out and kind of pointless and then when it happens it's like whatever i mean it's it's just, <laughs> i don't know if i feel it, that negatively about it it's it's just it's a little yeah. it's a little over the top goofy and cheesy how we get out of there well it's funny is and that whole part suffers from the massively goofy reason we're there in the first place which is i think i feel further along and things you seem to feel more strongly about that one thing but i think if i'm echoing what you're saying is that gadgety sequence feels too gimmicky and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be but you know when we walked out of that film I was, you know, I was certainly like, man, you must have loved that one because it had, right. for me, it had moments. And I don't mean like it hearkened and reminded me of something. It certainly seemed to be, it certainly seemed to be emulating different bonds at different times. Yeah. There is a Sean Connery yeah. bond phase. There's definitely the Roger Moore stuff when he becomes a little bit more playful and quippish. And there's a whole fight that is absolutely like Roger Moore in. Right. Like on the train, that whole thing to there's me, a, is right out of Octopussy. You, you, and and it's got and it's got Dave Bautista, right? right? And it's almost like you think he's gonna suddenly have the teeth. Right. Or the hat. I wanted to because, throw a hat or something. Right, like because, he seems so odd jobby and right. there's there is not much of uh Timothy Dalton, which is kind of strange to like force this you know, hypothesis. No, but because there is a there is a fair amount of Pierce Brosnan. The, then there, there's Daniel Craig. There is some Pierce Brosnan and, in it, but really, it's it's funny because uh, there's Pierce Brosnan-y parts to it a little yeah, bit, right? But almost like there's a watch. It's right. like, well, we well, should felt, we should I have like a his, watch. And I felt like his car. And, I felt like his car was really Pierce Brosnan-y. Right. You know, and and in a way, you know. It, anyway, it, it was interesting to see a lot of homage stuff going on and and one of the things that's kind of i don't know i don't know if i would necessarily applaud it but i do respect it is the idea of incorporating because a lot of people i guess a lot of people like you were commenting like the bond movies now aren't really like the bond movies that we want right you know in a way not that they've kowtowed and gave these things but they want more cars more gadgets more things and less rough around the edges um kind of genesis of bond it's interesting to see them try to juggle all of these things into one where they're incorporating all the nostalgia without necessarily fan service. Cause they could have really gone right. easy fan and, service. And then, 
and incorporate it through a, a like a filter of 2010. Like this is what the world is like now. Because espionage isn't really the same thing anymore. Right. And we have to tell so, that story. Right. And and it's kind of like in right. in the last movie, one of the things that I didn't like about the last movie, especially. Yeah. Like above and beyond not liking what happened with the movie, what I didn't like about the movie is that Sam Mendes had this whole chip on his shoulder about Bond movies. Right. And said outright many times before the movie came out that he wasn't going to make a Bond movie, yeah. that he wasn't going to make it all Bondy. Right. Which, so mm-hmm. I obviously say, then freaking make Spy X right. or whatever right. and don't make a Bond movie. And that's bad enough. But on top of that, the movie kept telling us, mm-hmm. like, because it's the dialogue of the film, right? that it didn't like Bond movies. It didn't want to make Bond movies. You know, Q has to tell Bond that Bond movies suck right. in the movie. Right. And, I, and that, was just, that was just horrible, I thought. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to do it, fine to keep saying it. And this movie kind of did that a little too. Yeah. It, it, part of its point was, you know, we're going to retire the 007 program right. because that's old school and we don't want to watch Bond movies. And if you don't, then fine, stop making them. Right. <laughs> if, right. if you don't right. like them, then, I, then don't make them. And I, you know, that just like kind of rubs me the wrong way when you have to say yeah. in your movie that you're not a fan of the movie you're making. Right. Then that's, right. there's no Sometimes reason though, to not leave that out. You know, sometimes that stuff really invigorates and facilitates a really great film that turns out to be the film that that person doesn't want to make. The last time I saw that happen was, uh, and I'm blanking on his name just because, but you'll remember it, I'm sure, the guy who did Chronicle, the guy who just butchered Fantastic Four. Right. Um, yeah, I don't remember. God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. But he, you know, he was ripping on a lot of superhero things. And he turned right. out to make one of the best superhero films of a long time. Right. Chronicle is amazingly fun. But um, see, I, but I think the in, difference is that he likes superhero movies. He just didn't like the ones he was getting. No, I think he, well, anyway, you this know is a bigger, bigger digression. For, right. for me, you know, this was akin to, by the time I sat down to watch the third Christopher Nolan film, you know, Batman doesn't slug Bane. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was an explosion of kaleidoscope colors going kapow. Right. That doesn't happen because that's too much of a, of a nostalgic drawback, throwback. But it's almost like all of a sudden Christopher Nolan's Bruce Wayne makes a few puns because he hasn't had a sense of humor. Right, really. He right. has. He's got a sense of humor in the first film. Right. And a very dry one in the second one with, with jokes with Lucius Fox about like how he'd like to be able to back out of the car, back out of the driveway without hitting things. That's why he wants to turn his neck, you know, things like that. It's not even like that, but it's just like out of nowhere from Casino Royale, which was very gritty. You know, this is Bond who isn't Bond yet. He's going to be Bond, you know, in in a very looper kind of way. Like we know who he's going to be. He's eventually going to be that Roger Moore Bond after he gets through the Sean Connery phase. (laughs) Right. You know, but after all of these things, it's almost like when watching Spectre, even though there were a lot of things about it that I enjoyed and there were a few things about it I really didn't like, I felt like I missed two Bond movies between Skyfall and Spectre. Right. And how, him how he person. got a little bit different. Right. How and, he loosened up a bit. And, 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 and how things went a little different. And it's, it's weird because even the parts that you're like, oh, man, that's so Bond. Right. There's something about them that it still feels like it's being made by somebody who likes really big paychecks. Not yeah. by somebody who likes James Bond movies. 
is one of the things that happens is when they get in this whole chase thing with the plane. Yeah. And James Bond's flying a plane and chasing people in cars. Which is a such Bond On a like yeah. ski mountain right. thing. Yeah. Then it crashes. Then he's just driving a plane on the ground right. and still chasing the cars. That's so bond yeah. that it's almost like, you know, jumping the boat over land right. to the other thing. Right. That is like massively James Bond. And it was great. Right. Except that there just was something about all right. of it that just felt a little off. Like you it know, just felt like we weren't as in love with how crazy fun this is. Right. As and I, and I got to tell be. you, this is something that's very important in how I felt after seeing it. So now I've got two frames of reference here. I've got Sam Mendes, Daniel Craig, the, the writing team doing Skyfall and now doing Spectre. And one is a little bit more playful and open to Bondian things. And one was outwardly kind of like, I'm not going to do a Bond film, even though I'm doing a Bond film. Right. And I got to tell you, overall, I like Skyfall better. Because I don't know that Sam Mendes is able to do Spectre this the way version. he wanted to do Spectre right. or the way that Spectre should have been done. doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It right. just means that without it, – it's a long movie, and that's okay because it didn't necessarily even feel super long. It didn't feel long super long, long but it is long. It not yeah. two and a half. Right. You know, the writing wasn't – for me personally, the writing wasn't as crisp and tight. The characters weren't as motivated the direction of the story, not the actual director wasn't necessarily as subtle. Like I felt right. I felt like we were turning pages and be like, now we go to Morocco and guess what? Sri Lanka is next. Right. And you know, it felt very, and, and, and a lot of Bondian, it, and a lot of it was it feel right. A lot of it was you go through, you turn those pages yeah. and it feels like what's happening is well, because this is what those old bond movies did. Right. Right. And so that's what we'll do. I got to I don't really get how that worked super well. Right. If that worked super well, because I don't think it worked super well. Yeah. But this is what they did. So I'll do yeah, it. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of that. Like for this movie, for me, I, if you could cut this at exactly the right point, which is not exactly halfway. Yeah. But somewhere around halfway. I like that first part a million times better than yeah. the second part, because the whole second part really felt to me like sam mendez is just going fine you want this right this is what it's like when you right. get this how do you like that sure is, yeah. is that work i felt that way too and there's a lot of it like you know bond just walks into the layer of the villain right. that he can't possibly escape and it's just like well because this is what used to happen yeah. in sean connery movies right. except that it's not He's not breaking in. You could you could match these yeah. scenes up with probably three or four Sean Connery and or early Roger Moore films, right. where Bond is like breaking into the lair, right. but then he gets caught, right. right? And our spin now is well, he just like walks in. What difference does it make, right? Really, right? The only thing you need to know is that he gets caught. So yeah. you know, screw it. Yeah. we'll do this and he just goes in and he can't possibly win and you right. watch that happening you're like but really yeah. i mean that's that's his that's his big plan yeah. is i'll just show up yeah. and then and then and it just goes like downhill and then we get to another very end point where quite frankly it almost goes like a little scooby-doo it's which like is where which is when he gets captured at the end yeah so he gets captured close to the end 
And just as they're about to go in the building, mm-hmm. he escapes sort of and kills the two guys who capture him. Then he walks in and then there's this whole yeah, like right. thing that he's supposed to see. Right. Which only works if you know he's getting if you know he's going to kill those two guys at the beginning and then walk in hey and you're like wait he's got such a great plan our plan everything is that yeah and then it's just well i was thinking uh, you know what's really funny as as bond is walking the halls of the former mi6 building you know trying to figure out where the trappings are and you see traps everywhere and and he knows he's going into the lair right well because you know the building is supposed to be demolished soon right. anyway right so it's all rigged up it's all rigged, right and then he starts seeing but like if you you're said, but if you're bond you feel like maybe you would like pull those cords as you're walking by <laughs> well i'm i'm watching bond walk through and it's supposed to be a heavily invested emotional scene he's seeing xerox headshots of all these people from his past right okay and I'm thinking, man, Spectra had some intern, like henchman, <laughs> right. running around and pasting these up. And then some supervisor had to come in and be like, no, nah, if he comes down this corner, right. he's not going to see M. Right. So you got, you know, it's it's thing. like there's another show that's and it like, made me giggle. That's like the the MI6, The Office. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's where like you see, where you see all these right. people who have to work for his organization right. doing the I dumb media tasks. I would tasks. love that show. Right. You know, it, it's, it's like an SNL sketch. I feel um, like, yeah. Doing that, it, you know? I feel like that's indicative because it's supposed to be right near, you know, one of the climaxes of the film. I feel like that's indicative of how they just didn't know how to handle the emotional, like, resonance or the gravity of what story they were trying to tell and it just fell off so fast that like in that instance and it's not just because it didn't work just for me but like i kind of like kind of giggled i'm like this is so ridiculously and you're right it's very scooby-doo like that that's what you were getting at yeah it's just it goes a little silly it's almost like you know they just didn't substantiate what was important you know and it was and it is because in some way that there is that you know, checklist, there's 10 or eight things they've got to do. And in order to get the story there, you know, they had to do it. But I got to say one, one thing that was really interesting is the, the movie, I'm backing up a little, the movie starts off very Bondian, you know, the whole day of the dead, right. raves, all these things. Like I could have seen any James Bond doing that. Cause that's how these movies right. start. And often the opening scene is maybe a hint of something that the movie has to deal with. There's a chip or a person or a computer missing or whatever. Um, the whole helicopter scene just was silly. It was because it was silly. Even when Bond is like on the plane fighting the guy and then fighting the pilot, when he fights the pilot, that's when the plane should go wonky. But there was a lot of times he's just fighting the guy and the plane is still just going wonky for the right. fun of it. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't know what's happening there, but when when that stuff gets done and i and i think there's a way to whether it's batman or a superhero film or a james bond film some kind of franchise thing i think if you're if you're going to enjoy it you have to expect what you have to expect like i don't know that there's a whole lot of surprises with things so if you're okay with that i think you wind up enjoying it which is how i saved this movie in a way because after that opening which was kind of lackluster though gorgeous looking um the opening music scene was like, I genuinely felt like I was being tortured for my information. Yeah. It's one it's, of the worst. And this is a weird thing to kind of hem on, but this is a very Bondian thing. Right. Like this, you know, you, you have to have it. bullets and smoke and Bond is a silhouette moving in the music. 
not just because Skyfall was great and Adele had a great song, and not just because all the others have been pretty good lately. This was like amateur outtakes of a high school talent this, this show. This is this is it easily was horrible. This, this is Sam Smith, this, I think, right? Yes, this it's Sam so Smith. Aggravating. This is easily the worst Bond song ever. I think I've ever heard. Ever. Right, and it's one of the worst oh, man. song scenes. You have right. to you have You've to got have that together. Scene. Skyfall was was haunting. The, right. the, the lyrics aren't that in, incredible, but Adele's you know, putting them out, putting the tone, uh, you know, hitting all the notes. It was catchy and it was interesting, but the visuals went with it perfectly. Right. The, the, the last few of them, show. the last few of them were good. Yeah. If you go back in time, there are some that are they, a little, you have to go back a long way. There to are some that are a little goofy. Right. Right. The, uh, uh, the Duran Duran one I thought was a don't, little, was a little goofy. Don't talk about Duran Duran it, badly. It's not, it's not really it great. bad. Yeah. But I think it's great. It was almost like its own shift okay. at that time, that. right? It was a little goofier than, you know, it was like kind of a, almost trying to be a little goofy. Right. And, and so it worked as opposed right. to, you know, like Adele is like, we're very serious about the song. Right. You know, that was well, like, yeah, right. She that, took, that was yeah, a different that sin- idea. For, but the last, the last few have all been really good. Right. I thought this one was horrible. For me though, you know, we're 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in and I'm like, oh, no right oh no there's two bad decisions back to back that kind of you know you're supposed to be buckled in and ready for everything here and the movie improved for me um shortly thereafter by just not being like that at all right like it absolutely was like i'm like wow this is it like by three just, stars right now by just going never by mind just just yeah really forgetting <laughs> right. closing the curtain and now focusing something else i'm like the movie jumped like four stars right so weird and so weirdly to be like not engaging me in any way it was, it was a it was a bad one two combination and, and then right pretty much right after that we had a whole lot of this movie just going okay all that stuff we said about the last movie right forget about that right because now we're just going to be very bondy right we're going to be like as bondy as we can yeah and we've got you know him sleeping with women right we've got like a really badass looking car right he at least gets some gadgets. Yep. You know? Yep. We even have some, uh, him just looking really badass and mm-hmm. walking around in rooms, just going, I'm the badass. Right. And, uh, even some kind of cool things where it is a little bit of a progression when he goes and gets, uh, the daughter Yep. and there's the guards and right. he takes like the one guard out in like one second. Yeah. And then that just, was awesome. and then just looks at the other guard and goes, Nope, just stay there. Right. He's like, just stay there. And the guard does it. Yeah. That's not exactly old school bond, but it's right. sort of like a progression of right. that's old a, school bond right. where that's where we would be now. We've got, exactly. Right? We've got to that point because we know these are exactly. Right. And I and love th- that moment. And then we jump into, you know, the, the plane chasing yeah. and all this stuff. And it was just so bond. Mm-hmm. And then at a, at some point the movie goes like, so that's what you want. Well, this is what it gets you. Right. And you're like, right. wait, what? Yeah. Like, well, and even that there's, you know, one of the smartest things that I liked about the film is very early on. I thought it was very easy. And sometimes these things are very simple touches. I love the purpose of bonds you know, angst in the first half of the film. He's basically trying to do something because M, Judy Dench's M, right. has left him like, hey, if you're reading this, something happened to me. I want you to do this. 
I thought that was genius. Yeah, that that was I really saw that good. Co- I didn't see that coming anywhere. And, and I thought it, and it was just it was just him on his own, right? Doing, doing he's stuff he's not supposed to, right? In right. a Bondian way, but right. still, like you know, when Money Penny's like you know, and I thought that scene was a little heavy-handed, but I know that it not everybody sees every James Bond film. So when she's like, you you know, you've got a secret, a secret right. you can't trust to tell anybody. You got to keep you know, you don't trust anyone. And I'm thinking, I know that. I just saw the last movie, and and it was really cool. I thought. Um, because I, you know, that could have gone a little sideways and not yeah. been as good, but I thought it was great that she leaves him this video message and says, kill this guy and make sure you go to his funeral. Right. Because that's all you need to tell James Bond. Right. You don't have to over, you don't, you don't have anymore. to go right. and try to see look this person, look, follow yeah. them, see if there's, right. right. And then he this knows. person will show up or right. whatever. You don't have and, to give him a big list of what's happening yeah and you don't have to tell him anything about killing the guy either right. which he i knows. thought was great yeah i did too here's a name kill that guy right okay was, did that was... like he doesn't you don't even have to say yeah. this is why you have to kill this guy this yeah. is who he is or if whatever specter had been more like that five minute scene with money penny because you get the familiarity they're going to have this sexual tension they're going to banter fine but it was it wasn't wholly surprising but it was interesting to see Judy Dench there and to just remember how important she was to the to the films before as M. And she hasn't right. just been in the Daniel Craig films. She's been around right, since right. Pierce Brosnan's. But also to have that there and to be kind of like, I mean, without sounding like really dramatic, but all of a sudden I was, it felt like I was dramatically invested. I'm like, oh, we got to do this for M. You're, right. you're damn right we do. Right. And you understand now why he's sitting there in this basically empty apartment and he's been doing the things he's been doing. Because, you know, his surrogate mom said, I need you to fix this for me. This is the last thing we need to do because we're getting close. If it had maintained that throughout the rest of the film, that that kind of feeling, instead of trying to do what you were just suggesting, which is melding all these things, like we're going to be nostalgic and have all this stuff, but we're going to put smart blood in your arm. Because we need smart blood to explain one thing. And it's like what you said. You're like, okay, we can do it. This is what happens if we right. like now you got to do all this weird combobulating like reasons why you can't find him for a minute. And now you got to compromise stuff. Just leave it out. Right. Just don't put it in. It's, find something else. It's like put a tracker in his watch. Yeah. You know, it, it's you like do. it's like you've got um, it's like now you uh, before you had Sam Mendes saying basically I don't like Bond movies. Yeah. And now it's like you've got him going. And here's why. Right. It's almost and like so now I'm going to make a movie to prove why I don't like it. It was his it was his basic declaration of like, sure, I did it my way and I'm gonna do it your way. And this is what you get when I do it your right. way. And I'm gonna do it in good faith. I'm not gonna try to block it. And, and, and I'm screw it and up. I'm gonna and I'm but gonna make really good it. parts. Right. And at the beginning, like I said, there's there's a lot of parts, even like the you know, like you said, like subtler things. It's not just the chasing with the plane. Right. But even, you know, when they're at that hotel. Yeah. Um, they, they, they finally go to that hotel. Most of that, some of it's a little, a oh, little, bit a, a little much, right, but yeah. the scene in general, I, I like that scene and it was, it was old school, so but effective. not, but right. not super old school. Yeah. And it, and it felt, you know, kind of honest and he's yep. like really going, well, this is the scene or this right. is a scene. This is, we're in a exotic locale yep. or, you right. know, whatever. Yep. And you've got all those parts like that. And then you get to the shift at the end. And another big thing that I think is just a weird shift, and we've got to uh, wrap up yeah. pretty quick so we can do our critic takedown. But right. 
Um, another weird thing is, you know, when we first, he first gets into the little specter room. Right. And you've got, uh, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Christoph. Yeah. Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Uh, you've got him, the leader of specter. Right. right. I wasn't going to say his name. That guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know yeah. who he is, but that guy is a very different leader of a world organization. Right. Then the guy who's like clown at the end of the movie. Right. I mean, he's right. just like, uh, you know, and, and we've got the whole tie in with James Bond and everything. And the picture that, that we sucks. see at the beginning right. that it conveniently the has the exact right part right. burned away right. and all that, you know, all that stuff. That, But yeah. at the end of the movie, he's really just like a weird clown. He's like a James Bond villain. Kind of a, except that, that, he, but except a, that he's but not the really. Of, no, yeah, the worst right. Of like right. the really worst, but the nostalgic he's, one. He's like the he's not he's the like one he needs the Saturday Night Live sketch yeah. version of. Yep. Uh, he's of not the one, one he needs to be. And it's really weird. He's almost like it's it's he he's just like the the crazy guy, an old boy. Right. Yeah. You know, he's he's just like a psycho. Yep. And that's that's not the guy at the beginning running this organization right. where he barely moves his head like a whisker. Right. And the guy on his left runs up real quick to hear what he has to say. Yeah. That guy, man, that is on top of shit. That guy's frightening. He's dangerous. <laughs> right. He's capable. And he's ahead of Bond, not by a few pages. He's books ahead of him. And the best right. part of that movie that we don't get to see right. is Bond finding a way to beat him or catching up. Right. And I expected it to be kind of Empire Strikes Back. Like, I expected Spectre to win and win a lot. Right. You know, and, I expected Bond to and, be on and, the road. And like you just said, I think it doesn't have. I think that was like the perfect thing that you just said is because what this movie needs is Bond finding a way to win. Right. And it doesn't have that at all. Right. It just right. has, it, it just has, he walks in and wins. I, I had a, I know we're going <laughs> mean, right, to, yeah, he, just, like, he shows up and he's like, I still got my James Bond card. Real quick, right. I know we're leaving. It, it was enjoyable when it was enjoyable and it was frustrating when it wasn't. It was uh, it was a little bit amusing. It was really kind of exciting, but it was absolutely like what I just said, terribly uneven. Right. And for that, I know people are going to go see it. For me, it's in the middle of these James Bond movies, not the Daniel Craig ones, but all of them. It just it was a it was a kind of shallow follow up to what I thought was a really strong direction. Right. And so. here is what I think uh, really makes the movie the weirdest. Right. Is that now? What do you tell people about this movie? If you liked the last movie, you're not going to get, you're not going to get anything similar. Right. If you're a real super fan of old school, like James Bond, like me, you're going to really like it for a while. Right. And then it's going to start making fun of you. Right. (laughs) So how do you recommend that? Say, you know, the guy that did the last movie that starred the last movie, those guys are back. Right. And, and, out, and a lot know. of it is yeah. very fun, right? A it lot is. of it is very fun. And a lot of it is really good. If you are an old school fan like right. me and you want to see those kinds of things happen. Right. Um, it, even, you know, we got like the fight scene on the train, right. Which goes on a little bit too long, yeah. but that's how you have to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how that has to work. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, you know, there's there's old school James Bond fight scenes like that right. that happen a lot. I don't know that they live up to translation because I think they work pretty well in yeah. those old school scenes. We plan things out so that they, right. they make they a little, little bit more sense. Yeah. In this one, like both guys are dead like eight times yeah. during the course yeah. of this fight. Yeah. Like there's no way either one of them would survive. 
And that goes on a little bit too long, and that's not great. But still, you get that fight scene, and it's very yeah. Bond. Harry Bond. Fight scene and, but, on and, the train, Batista's the whole thing, actually a right? pretty good Bond villain for a guy who used to just be a wrestler. Maybe people would right. dismiss him as such, but you know, he actually looked like a guy that might throw Bond around a bunch. Well, yeah. Instead right. of just some baker who <laughs> right. had a deadly thing, you know, <laughs> he actually looked like he was who has a hat. You know, right, right. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we might go over. Who knows? Yeah, we might go over a little bit. Um, so anyway, Craig Takedown. And uh, this one was sent in to us uh, by Josh in Hartford, Connecticut. All right, Josh. Give Way to go, Josh. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. And the takedown is uh, Spy. And Josh actually oh, no. said it was kind of funny. Uh, it, was, it was a great email. And again, you know, thanks for listening. And we love our this fans cool. and all that. Uh, but he sent an email and he said, I really, really tried to find something that you you uh, like different versions, you know, things right. we like that people don't like right. things, you know. And uh, he said, but, you know, if you like something, then there aren't that many people around to hate it. Like, he looked for right. a version of doing this where, uh, you know, it was the other way. Yeah. Um, anyway, he he specifically mentioned like looking at both angles and trying to find you That's know cool. things that uh, people hated that we loved yep. and and the other way around and finally he said uh he settled on this review of spy um because he wanted to not even necessarily because of the difference but just because he wanted to get our take on uh-huh. on this review i guess so okay. it's uh amy nicholson uh at village voice yeah and the movie is spy and as you may or may not know, if you're a fan of Village Voice, they don't actually give ratings. Right. So you look at Metacritic, and Metacritic has to just guess Take or by the pick the thing. And, what it says, yeah. and uh, it's kind of funny because I don't know if everyone would give it the same rating, but Metacritic gives this, you know, 100 uh, oh, okay. for spot. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and I don't even know if Amy Nicholson would necessarily yeah. go along with that. That would be funny. Um, that would be a good website it, to see it, if it, she's just it like, would be, crap. It would I'd be give it like of, a 65. <laughs> they don't understand like sarcasm. It, it, <laughs> that would you be know, funny. That yeah. would be kind of neat. But, uh, but I think it's a great review to look at. And you have not had a chance to look at that. No. And that is something that uh, actually we should, I should send you the link to stuff like days ahead. Yeah, you prepare can, me a little. You, you can look at the thing. But so she gives it a hundred. We obviously did not care for the movie at all. Right. Um, but one of the things that I think is hilarious um, about this review. Yeah. So there you go, Amy. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got 90 seconds left for the live show. We are clearly going to go over a little bit. And uh, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it shouldn't make any difference to you at all. Right. If you're listening to it later. Um, but I'm not even going to uh, worry about the time. We're just going to go because we're going to be a few minutes over at least. Right. But um, one of the things that I think is just hilarious about it is the extent to which this review talks about the movie. Right. Which is not actually as much as I think Amy realizes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, the, you know, the review starts out and, and it's interesting because she hits on some notes that we hit on. It, which is it's unfunny when we're when we're talking about anything this Melissa, is the Melissa, Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy okay, right, right I was gonna say this is the same one I'm thinking of. 
So, uh, you know, the review says the Melissa McCarthy of spy is different from the one who rose to prominence by shitting in a sink. I love the village voice. Bridesmaid scored her an Oscar nomination. And for the ceremony, for the ceremony, she wore this gown and belt. And but in the years since Hollywood continued to see her as grotesque. On screen, McCarthy has played a parade of morons, lunatics, losers, and bullies, more punching bag than human beings. She's been hit by a car after car, <laughs> blah, 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 right? right? Okay. And so she goes on and on and on about uh, her in general. But uh, but Paul Feig, 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 I the think, the director. Feig, Feig, yeah. The director who made McCarthy a star, which I think, quite frankly, is... That's untrue. That's, that's an interesting stretch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Since, uh, I mean, she's been around since the Gilmore Never. Girls, right? right? I mean, right. she has, right. that's Bridesmaids is not the first thing she ever did. Anyway, has finally written his own script for his muse. Uh, his first screenplay in 12 years. And Spy McCarthy is soft, feminine, smart. For a dinner with her CIA co-worker and crush, Bradley Fine, played by Jude Law. Her character, Susan Cooper. Susan Cooper curls her hair, perfects her makeup, and wears a tasteful amber dress. The cruel joke is it doesn't matter. Bradley gives her a plastic cupcake necklace and cackles, it's so you. It isn't. Like movie producers, he sees only her weight, not the dignified woman inside. And the punchline is that Susan allows the insult, passively slipping uh, on the monstrosity. And later, after he's executed, clutching it at his funeral, blah, blah, blah. Though the setting is the CIA, there's a Susan in every office, invisible, patronized, and demeaned. And I got to tell you, I've worked in some offices, and there's not a Susan in every office. <laughs> what there is, the clock has gone weird That's on the show. Fair. So, uh, what there is, is a, a person that Amy wants Susan to be. And I think that, you know, the problem for me with this. Uh, with this review is that uh, we're not actually reviewing the movie. Right. We're reviewing the character that we want to happen. And we're reviewing the role in this movie that we want there to be. Right. And the comedic abilities in the movie, there is a little bit less of things that I hate about everything. Melissa McCarthy has been in recently, like, her climbing through the windows right. of a car just because she's fat right. and it's funny right. that watch the fat struggle. person has to do it right. and uh, stuff like that. But it's not gone. Right. It's, right. it's not like that doesn't exist right. in this movie at all. Yeah. It, it's still there. And uh, so anyway, it says uh, a, a Susan is the woman who remembers cake for everyone's birthday, but no one remembers her. She's competent, but never gets her due credit. A team player stuck warming the bench. Feig has made this film for them, which I think, again, completely untrue. That's not what happens in this movie. Right. Uh, she's not actually that person in this movie. Right. She's I maybe she's someone similar to that <laughs> in this movie or something. Yeah. But, but not that. But, you know, this the review, I think, tell me if, if I'm wrong. The review already is just on board with 
what I want to happen right. in the movie right. and not really personal what happens, right? What happened. Yeah. This Susan begs to take Bradley's place in Paris to monitor Raina's nuclear sales. And it's no spoiler to say she winds up on top yet. Spy isn't a revenge fantasy. A Susan isn't petty. It's a comedy of exasperation where for once the joke isn't on McCarthy, but on everyone who can't see her skills. Which once again, not true, right? Right. <laughs> at, at all. That's right. that's not what happens in this movie. I guess if you want that to be what's happening in this movie enough, and then watch sure. the movie, right? You can force that. Maybe maybe right. that happens, but it it's just not. When Susan is too self-effacing to accept that Bradley shafted her career by sticking his partner in CIA basement while he took all the field assignments, her boss Allison Janey rolls her eyes and groans, "Women." Women is right. Spy is a call to arms for the cowed and a riotous skewering of the workplace kings, be they affectionate and undermining like Bradley, the unnervingly perfect Karen, the impatient Elaine, or the condescending tech designer who, instead of outfitting Susan in slick 007 gear, hides her weapons in drugstore items he assumes she uses. Hemorrhoid wipes, stool softener, antifungal spray, and a beach's watch. Forget a glamorous tuxedo, she's handed a denim purse, and you know, really, we're just talking oddly about stuff, right. <laughs> about stuff that that we set up for a really long time. The biggest brute is boneheaded fellow spy Rick Ford, Jason Statham, who dismisses Susan as a lunch lady and is so convinced she can't handle the job that he stalks her through Europe. His disbelief drags her down in one scene literally as she leaps on the landing skids of a helicopter and he leaps after seizing her legs so she can't move. When not sabotaging her mission, he brags about the impossible accomplishments, the time he defibrillated himself, the time he survived a modern gladiator ring, the time he disguised himself as Barack Obama. Two of those are plots of actual Statham films. The coincidence is deliberate. The Statham of Spy is the Statham I've been wanting since Crank High Voltage proved he had the comedic timing of Bass Buster Keaton. Anyway, on and on, on and on and on. Statham might have the best jokes in the movie, but the competition is fierce. Every role is perfectly constructed from Peter Serafinowitz's handsy Italian agent to lanky Miranda Hart as Susan's office mate and bumbling best friend. Even Raina's goons get in a few good cracks before they're dispatched, while Raina herself is a magnificent concoction. Marie Antoinette by way of Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface. Burns slinks through the film in a towering wig, changing snakeskin outfits between scenes and ordering people's executions with a cocked eyebrow. She's terrifying perfection, and you can't wait for Susan to put her in her place, which, to the film's credit, feels like it might be impossible. Feig loves Susan, and he wants us to love her, too, yet Spy is too sincere about how the rest of the world treats her and women like her to smack on a stupidly happy ending. Susan might save the day, but her battle for respect will never be over. Admitting that universal struggle is better than pretending all a woman needs to redeem herself as a gun and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and that's about it. And, you know, so the weirdest thing for me is um, about that review. And I think it's a great one to pick, even if uh, I, I'm not sure reading that review that I would necessarily give it a hundred as no. saying it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, that but it's be... it's somewhere in like eighty or ninety, it's maybe. It's like right. we really, really like this movie. Yeah. But for me, what stands out is uh, first of all, uh, 
she likes Melissa McCarthy too much. Right. And you just can't do that. Yeah. You, you can't watch a movie and go, well, this is a guy I love. Right. And so I'm going to watch the movie through the lens right. of being of that a big adoration. fan. Right. Right. Versus the choices that person made. Right. Right. And uh, in the second place, the movie is way or, or the, the review is way too interested in what this might or might not be saying about like feminism. Right. In general. Right. And, you know, I suppose I'll get a bunch of letters because I'm not a woman, but the, yep. the movie is not right. saying any of that. No. And, and, uh, and we're not obtuse, you know, patriarchy defending kind of guy. I, we can read metaphor. I can, we can see analogy. We can see subtext. Like, it, it's just not there. Right. It's, it's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can keep saying that it is. It, it's not. Right. It's. It's maybe there to a certain extent that uh, not like ob- what, obviously yeah. we're, but, but, you know, it's not like what they're doing is making fun of women when they're making fun of her. Right. And because, you know, there's plenty of other women it, it, right. in the, in the movie that it, she's just not them, not because she's a woman right. or, or uh, you know, right. I mean, she's not in One the same place. The right. yeah. There's another woman who works in this office that would come in and Jason Statham would go, cool. Right. Now I can work with her or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the womanness of it. It's the, you know, she's that woman. Right. Of it. Right. And, and it's not that we think she's the cat lady. Yeah. Because she's a woman. Right. It's because she seems like the cat lady. Right in a lot of other ways. Right. And you know, anyway, but like this weird misappropriation of identity based on like the stereotypes and her own defenses, you know, no, just cause she's in there and she's got these things going against her. doesn't mean right. That it's you all it's her. Right. And if, I guess if you're the person who has to do this at Metacritic or however they do it, I yeah. don't know how they come up with the number. They look for keywords. Of, uh, of who rates it. is there just like computer algorithm that yeah, reads it or whatever I actually think they do doesn't actually say anything negative right about the movie and even if you don't want to rate the movie a hundred if right. you're forced to rate it since they are you don't have a rating right. in your review if you really want it to be like 70 80 90 whatever and not be a hundred if you can't find something negative to say about this movie, right. you know, you've gone goofy as a right. movie critic. Right. Uh, I mean, even if even if all the stuff was true, right. There's all kinds of other garbage in this movie that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. There's there's terrible dialogue in lots of parts. There's some pretty good dialogue right. in some parts actually. And you know, she's at least right that Jason Statham has all the best he lines. He has all the best stuff. It's not a close call though right. as as she says it's a close call, but there's still, and this is the thing that really I think is weird. There is still, you know, I love Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. I think she's hilarious yeah. when she can just be something that's a real legitimate character. Right. She's awesome. Instead of like a pastiche of these, things. even going all the way back to the Gilmore girls, she right. was fantastic right. in the Gilmore girls. And in uh, most of like Mike and Molly, right. You know, she's hilarious yeah. and she's hilarious in a lot of different ways just in that show. Right. And and that's pretty impressive. She's yeah. not like the one kind of hilarious in that show. You right. know, she's talented and, right. and she knows how to do really good, funny stuff. Yeah. This movie 
still has a lot of stuff in it that is just trying to be funny because she's fat. Right. Or because she's even even when it's not specifically because she can't fit in something, other thing that it's only her because she's fat and she's like whatever, you know. If it's not directly making fun of like, you know, she can't run real far or something because whatever. Yeah. It's still, it's something that is a part of her because she's overweight and now it's funny because she's doing it. Right. There's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Not as much maybe as in some of her other movies of that ridiculous Tammy nonsense or whatever. Uh, But just because you'd like tone it down does not mean you've got and now all of a sudden she's this strong character who you know right. blob on and on and on about how great she is yeah that's a weird review yeah it, it is and uh, you know it's it, uh, i i just can't stand that it, it says so little about the movie right in that review you know statham is good she's good right you know blah 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 she wore all these clothes or that right. clothes she or came to this award yeah whatever it is but it doesn't tell you anything about, uh, you know, the humor we're going for in the movie, right. why certain things are funny. We just, right. you know, this character is this. And not only that, but the, uh, you know, the villainous character yeah. in that movie has like two good parts. Right. And they're really pretty good. Yeah. And other than that, she's kind of awful. Right. Uh, I thought anyway. Yeah. Um, in every, every other time she shows up, it's almost like she's making fun of the person she just was. Yeah, a minute ago in the that. good scene. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's your there you uh, there's your critic there's takedown of that. Uh, it it's, take that, Amy. It it's uh, but you've got this hundred score, and then after that, you've got like some high sixties or something like that. You know, some yeah. Per, but it's but overall, it's it's somewhere in the green. It's, oh man, it's, you're right. It's, it's got seventy five. Yeah, it's it's got a pretty decent thing. And this hundred is really pushing that. It is. Uh, well, it, with Metacritic, it's one of these things where if you look, you'll see the top highest and then they'll show the lowest. And then there's a couple, but you have to really look at all of them and to see the whole. Mix, yeah. Right. Wow. Well, it's interesting. The top three, not that this is, you know, this kind of gives into Amy's idea a little bit, but they're three very, very positive near hundred uh, reviews by women. Right. Which almost seemingly on quick glance. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.